Hi everybody, welcome back to That Was The Worst Podcast Ever, a podcast where two um, super interesting guys talk about another super interesting guy, Sufjan Stevens. Um, my name is Jordan Clausen. This is Justin Bills by my side. We, um, in our 20s, hung out a lot and became good pals. Now we live in different provinces in Canada, but that doesn't stop us from our infatuation with <laughs> the great Suf. It's true. How are you doing, Just? Good. Actually, as you were uh, introing, it reminded me when I first moved to Canada, I didn't really have uh, friends to hang out with other than Courtney. But I do you remember this? One time I think I, we must have hung out somewhere, but then I, I texted you and I was like, what are you doing? Or maybe you reached out to me. And then I took the train to Kensington and we went to like higher ground and it was me, you and your friend Josh. Oh. And, and I don't know if you know this, but that was really incredible because I, it felt like you were like taking me under your wing and just being like, so this is Kensington. Here's a cool place called Higher Ground. And we got like chai tea lattes and Whoa. stuff. Josh. You're like my first friend in Calgary. Who, what, what, who is Josh? I know a few Joshes. It just one of your other city planner friends. Oh, Josh, Josh DeYoung. Nice. Yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, huh. but I was so nervous. I was just like, because oh, I, I was like, I don't, I don't know if they really like me or I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> is Higher Ground still there? I think so. But in all honesty, it. I don't think it was higher ground. It was this other cafe down the road that was like run by a church. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I used to play there sometimes. It was... Uh, what was it called? Oh, what was it called? It was the something. Yeah. The house. That's where I met you. It was the house. What was it? The house. The house. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And they shut down. But yeah, it was like in that phase, I think, of evangelical church planning where everyone was like, we need to start a coffee shop. Yes. I miss those days. We all learned yeah. how to froth milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I learned how to froth milk at a Christian cafe. Yeah. It's like I a rite that. of passage for us 35-year-old evangelicals. Yeah. I, I learned to... That's where I got my chops playing live. I, yeah. I remember you and our friend Todd played um, hot a cover of Hot Chip. Boy... Boy from school, oh, or was it? Oh, yeah. And I and was a boy from school. That was awesome, Jor. Oh, thanks. Wow, you remember that. Yeah, I remember lots of things. <laughs> a little brag. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But, Jordan, I just want to take the time just to thank you for taking this nervous 20 something and you took me under your wings and you showed me around the city and you made me feel, you made me feel cool. And you still do. Yeah. No, no problem. Just anytime. <laughs> if you if you if you move to Vancouver, which I'm hoping that will happen one day, if you move to Vancouver, I will do the same again. Hey man, hey, I, bring your fam over and we'll play some. Do you guys like board games? Yeah, we're getting into board games nice. thanks to uh, COVID. 
yeah, we'll play some board games, hang out, have a little Vancouver West Coast brew brews. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, though, one to two hours of my entire family in your apartment, you would be real over it. Yeah. Um, I believe that. <laughs> just just because our apartment is very small and sometimes my nieces come over and it's like they're so bored right away they're like what can we do they look for anything like colorful like a book or something it's like oh there's no pictures in this you don't have like uncle toys like but you invest in like a little toy box our place is very small do you remember when we all read shane claiborne and then we all tried to live together yeah yeah it was it's it that's how it started for sure yeah. Yeah. Those were good days. Yeah. Good days reading Shane Claiborne and, and Did you ever like, live with we're anybody? We're gonna reinvent everything. We're gonna live together. It's gonna be awesome. And then six months later everyone's like, I hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna live alone. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever do an, any community living? I mean I guess at, at uh YWAM. Yeah. That was my stint. I had a roommate we lived in like a hostel and I had a roommate named Sam. He was from uh the Gold Coast in Australia, really nice guy, but uh, he snored so insanely loud. Oh. So I had about like four years of just just insane, insane snoring every night. Oh, yeah, what a nightmare. And that's where I was like, I don't know about this Christian community stuff. I want to live by myself. Yeah, that's I used to like pile up. I used to have like ammunition, like I would pile up pillows and shirts and stuff, and then throughout the night I would just throw a, throw it at him. Yeah, that's funny because some like well, I think I snore more than Olivia, but like when Olivia snores, it's just the worst. Like instantly, oh. I'm I I'm just like turn turn over, turn on your side or whatever. Like, I oh have, my gosh, marriage problems, bro. Yeah, do you have wives this? that snore? Yeah, I'm a real light sleeper. Does Courtney snore? Yeah, Courtney snores when she gets uh, stuffed up, and uh, right. I usually, I usually just sleep in another room for a while. Oh wow! Yeah, she doesn't Crazy. appreciate the ammunition that I used on my roommate Sam. It wasn't. I yeah. tried to transfer that, and it didn't work. <laughs> I'm definitely more of the snorer, but I've been doing like a neti pot because I just get congested at night. You know, you this pour is... a neti pot in down your your nose. Yeah, before, before I go to sleep. Oh, Jordan. What? Do you ever look at Olivia and just be like, does this turn you on? And then you pour hot tea down your nasal Hot tea. It's just water with saline. (laughs) 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 Um, So you don't brew a a pot of tea and pour it down your nose? No, no. You just, I think you get the water to about 40 degrees. And I mean, you're not supposed to do it all the time. Apparently someone's actually died because there was like par- a parasite in the water that went into their brain. <laughs> okay, Jordan. So Olivia's like pretty like, be careful with that, with that thing. So, but anyway, uh, if I'm, if I know that I've been snoring lately, um, then I'll, then I'll do an eddy pot before we go to bed. Do you think Olivia was like, well, I'm marrying this, uh, this singer songwriter. He's so cool. And then one night she looks over at your netty potting and she's like, oh no. Yeah, I probably. Got, I got duped. I think marriage <laughs> has a lot of those moments where you're kind of like, wow, this is the most vulnerable anyone has ever seen me. You know, like maybe I'm like ass naked, like 
pouring a neti pot down my sinuses, just like <laughs> you're like any any semblance of like you know of hotness is just completely gone. Well, I don't want to TMI over here on the podcast, but in our house we don't have. You know how bathrooms sometimes like have a door on the toilet area? Yeah. Our toilet's just out in the open. What do you and mean bathrooms have to, you have you, you go to a house that has like a stall in their bathroom? Yeah, you've never seen it's like there you walk into the bathroom and then there's a shower, a sink and a bathtub and stuff. And then there's a little other room within the bathtub where the toilet is kind of doored off. That's kind of normal. I mean, maybe in houses built in like the 1940s. Oh, because in our houses, the toilet's just sitting there, and so it's very vulnerable. Yeah, and and I mean, like, yeah, I'm just, just everything's yeah. out there. Do you ever poop while someone's in the shower? That's what that's what I'm trying to say without saying it. Oh. See, that's my biggest pet peeve. That's like a no-no. That will never happen in my house. We can have like 10 kids in one bathroom, and I'm sorry. You, you don't want to poop sauna? And I would never... No, exactly. And I would never do it to somebody <laughs> else either. It's disgusting. <laughs> and I also read this thing once about how like... Well, because the thing is, I mean, not to get too gross, but like I've read that like the reason why farts smell more in the shower is because... Actually, <laughs> is because actually like the mist or whatever the the condensation in the air like the tiny little droplets of water in the air actually cling to the the poop particles that you're smelling and make it more intense like they're like little sponges for the poop particles that's why you're really fart- yes and so every time i'm in a bathroom oh. and i smell someone else's poop or especially like if it's in the shower that's like, oh, this is just like a direct transfer into my body of someone else's poop. Oh, yeah, not not my favorite. And actually, that goes back to community living. Yeah. That was a big issue for me. Mm. I really didn't like public pooping. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I also feel like it's kind of like your one little kind of, uh, it's your one little, you know, uh, oasis Yes. It's like, and, oh, you close the door. And, like, I would have to time it, like, in the middle of the night and stuff. Like, I was that paranoid about it. Yeah. But one time I went to a public bathroom here in Calgary, like, at South Center Mall or something. Yeah. And there was a guy in a stall, and he was watching a video on his phone while he was pooping. And he was, like, laughing and farting super loud and just like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And I was like, where did... Where does that confidence come from? Where, like, where could I get some of that? Just full volume listening to something in a bathroom and you're farting. And I'm just like, this guy's, where does, how does this guy exist? Right. Big, big poop energy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, I was like, it was an intimidation move. I was like, I got to get out of here before it comes out of the stall. Oh man, I hate public. I hate pooping in public bathrooms. Oh, I also when I'm you're when you're camping, you know, and you're like, oh, I gotta go to the outhouse. It's like a whole thing. You have to prep yourself in your mind. And oh do you yeah, have that. Well, I remember I worked retail for a bit, and we only had one bathroom, and there was like twenty people that worked in the store, and and I just remember sometimes I go into pee, and somebody just made a caca doo doo in there. And I was like, what possesses somebody to just be like, 
yeah, there's only one toilet and there's 20 people and I'm just going to drop uh, drop it. And I was just like, what? I yeah. never in my entire life did one number two at work. Wow, really? Well, it was in a mall. So if I was really in a pinch, I would go to the public bathroom. I think in a pinch is the correct terminology <laughs> here. Yeah. No, I do you have a a favorite um public bathroom to poo in? Mhm. Yeah, cell center. <laughs> yeah, mine is Long and McQuaid. <laughs> Long and McQuaid, you, do you take a little travel Martin guitar there with you? <laughs> <laughs> I it's I just like that it's private. It's always clean. I can lock the door. You know, there's a fan going. Nobody can hear me. I just feel like it's at my own little office. You're like, I wrote Ministry of Doubt in a long of a quay bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just saw this meme the other day that's like Mr. Rogers like walking out, putting on his cardigan, and it's like <laughs> me walking away after just demolishing a Barnes and Noble bathroom. <laughs> And I feel like that sometimes at Long McQuay, it's like, well, someone else is going to deal with that. <laughs> For our international listeners, Long McQuaid is like a guitar center. Yes. Yeah. It's a, yeah, uh, Canada's music store kind of. Yeah. I like South Center because it's like um, the stalls are these wood stalls that go fully to the ground and almost up to the ceiling. And you're really in your own little room. Right. And that's important for me. Yeah. I but I, I've fully been driving and then just like went five, ten minutes out of the way to go to South Center and then just run to the food court, hit it up, and then run right out. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, we could talk about poop for a while. I have a lot of... There's a couple of things going through my head. One is all of our new listeners trying <laughs> to hear about Sufjan Stevens, and that makes me feel strange. The other one is everybody going, is this guy a pastor? Oh like, really? Ugh. You think pastors don't talk about poop? Well, I don't. I don't know. Not many that I know of. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of something. It's pretty universal. I would. I would say. Yeah, it's part of being human. Okay. Yeah. And if anything, Jesus Christ is the affirmation that being human is okay. <laughs> all right, all my critics out there. <laughs> Have you gotten any hate mail yet? Hey, you're not allowed no. to say that. Okay. No, no hate mail. Um, but maybe worse than hate mail is just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, come on, send us your messages. Actually, you know what? Somebody, um, we were talking earlier. I did like a live concert, and somebody uh, actually sent me some money and put in it. Actually, you're gonna like this. They they what? sent me some because like at, uh, at the, sorry at the end there was like a donation thing. It's like if you'd like to because it was a free concert. And Jordan, so, I donated. Hello. I know. I know you did. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, but I shouldn't. So, I shouldn't need any recognition, and so I'm sorry for fishing for it. <laughs> no, I was very appreciative. Um, but somebody actually sent money and wrote, "Oh, really love your music, and by the way, the dress looks nice on you." And I knew what they were saying. They were referring. They they heard about, I guess they heard about me through this podcast. So. No way. Yeah. That's all I've ever hoped for, Jordan, because sometimes <laughs> I feel bad of how much time this takes up for you. No. And so I'm like, hopefully he gets like one album sale out of this podcast. <laughs> like somebody buys a vinyl or something. 
People are coming in droves. It's this is a new sensation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to give a shout out to the private F- Sufjan Facebook group. I was so afraid of it, of them. I was so afraid they were going to think we were imposters. Yeah. Uh, quite a warm welcome over there, Jor. Well, the, I think they might think we're imposters after. Um, I assumed that the little like listening contest that you did with Nathan and I would never <laughs> like. It's, by the way, to a in, little inside scoop for the listeners, Justin edits these podcasts, and yeah. I assumed that that would not be in the podcast. Did you think I was going to just edit it out completely? I mean, it's kind of useless, isn't it? It's like you just playing like 10 songs and us being like, I don't know what any of that is. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in hindsight, maybe I should have cut it out. But I think it was funny. You guys were just like, uh. And most of all, Jordan, I mean, Nathan admittedly just listens to like Samba yeah stuff so he gets a pass yeah you i was like jordan here's another thing though i gotta say okay today i was listening to the record we're going to be talking about today the avalanche Mm -hmm. and um i know this is so cliche everybody says this but i really like i i know that record really well but i had to look at all the names like i didn't know any of the names to any of the songs the names are are he's doing that thing though it's always like, yeah, yappa, for yeah, yappa, and pa, 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 from, from Crystal Lake in Illinois. Like, it's so hard to name, to like pin the names yeah. to the song. Yeah. So, in my defense, I felt like I recognized about 70% of what you did, but I didn't know the names. Like, for example, do you know what song I really love? Is the Henny Buggy Band, I think it's called? Yeah. Um, I had no idea what it was called, and I looked at it, I was like, oh, the Henny Buggy Bands, like, this is not what I, I, I don't know. <laughs> or, like, one of my, one of my favorite Sufjan songs, period, is The the, Wis- the Mistress Witch from McClure. Yes, um, so good. Yeah, but I didn't even really know what the name was. I was like, oh, I love this song, and I've listened to it so many times, so I was like, oh, and it has this really long, of course, like, early 2000s Sufjan title. Uh-huh. And guess what? I got some good intel on that song, but I'm gonna save it. Okay, okay. Um, how? Um, what? What else is going on with you, Just? Uh, yeah. Well, there's something I want to bring up. Is okay. There is a new Sufjan song that is so good, and I've texted it to you twice, and I get crickets, George. Oh. You have not said anything about it. I'm sorry. What? What is the? It's. I don't know. It's, it's from ca- the Ascension. Called Carm, this guy named Carm, and he oh, did like yeah. a collaboration with Sufjan. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, I'm it's gonna... called Trouble. I'll insert it here. Yeah.
Have you listened to it? Um, I have listened to it, yes, and I thought this is really cool. I need to, I needed to like make note of this and come back and listen to it later. The the um the thing is like, uh, I I I've just been very busy lately. I know you've been hard to pin down, Jor. Yeah, and also here's the thing: is like when you're listening to music for your job for like nine hours a day. I actually don't listen to that much music in my spare time. I think we've talked about this before, but yeah, I just end up like. Um, Do you listen to podcasts? I listen to some podcasts, especially when I run. Yeah. Um, oh, you're running. Yeah. You're running. Yeah. I'm Irish. <laughs> um, That's fun. Hey, what temperature is it in Vancouver? It's. We actually got like a huge dump of snow just now. Um, oh. It's probably like minus one. Ugh. You know it's minus 25 in Calgary oh, right now? Oh, no. Yeah. You remember those? Oh, it's two degrees, yeah. Remember when it'd be minus 25 and you were a meter reader? Yeah, I remember there were, like, multiple times when, like, we just couldn't, or they they do driving meter reading where, like, you go with a partner <laughs> and the person the, would, like... With binoculars? Yeah, or you would just, like, run out the of the numbers. car, run to the house, quickly get the meter reading, and run back into the car. <laughs> it's like the most inefficient way and then you ha- and it has to be two people per route it's like minus 40 it's no wonder you don't like living here it's the biggest thing for me honestly like i do there's a part of my heart that will always be in calgary i love it but it's I, kind of like i just it's like don't, being from detroit yeah. it's like it's cool to be from here because it's hard to live here you think it's cool to be from there it's so cool to be from Calgary. We have the stampede, dude. I'm just we kidding. We got chuck wagon races. I'm kidding. It is cool. It is cool. Um, no, it's not that cool. Um, so, but you're running? Yeah, I run. I, I mean, um, I've been running. Uh, I've committed to it at uh, the start of 2020 and then really picked it up when, when COVID hit. I was running every day for a while. I've kind of fallen off the wagon because I... I don't know. I, I get up early now, and I'd have to get up really early to run, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I today I went for a run. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a run playlist? Something that you can, like, kick into gear when you want to I don't like it? listening to music when I run, actually, because I, I feel like it's... I get stressed out really easily. Oh. Because for me, it's, like, all a mental game, you know? It's like, okay, like, I fucking hate this but i'm just gonna keep going and i'm gonna just like focus on just like something else so i don't think about how much this hurts and so i find that when i have my podcast going i i don't know it's just a lot more uh i'm can be kind of distracted from how much i hate it right and you kind of like you you start getting lost in the podcast you forget you're running yeah that's the best yeah but may i recommend i have I have a Spotify playlist that I can kick into gear, and it's based on a rhythm, and I can get my feet going to the beat. Oh, what's your, uh, like, is it a public playlist? Sure. I don't want, I'm not exposing it on the podcast. Okay, hold on. Can I tell you what's on my running playlist? Yeah. A Millie by Lil Wayne. A Millie, a Millie, a Millie. <laughs> I got Power by Kanye West. Okay. I got... You're going to hate it. That's why I don't want to share it with you. What is it? What, what's the playlist called? Run. Oh. Eight. I'll just send it to you. Eight public. I've got oh, yeah, here it is. She by Green Day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I got Wide Awake by Katy Perry. 
wow, you are so it, mainstream. You are so much more mainstream than your wife. When it comes to running, I get real mainstream. <laughs> I got Break Your Neck by Busta Rhymes on there. Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> oh, no. Did you find it? Yeah. Donald Trump Oh, you by got Mac one of my Miller. songs. Oh, I've got, I've got uh, you on there. Yeah. I got Truth Hurts by Lizzo. <laughs> yeah. Nice. No, when I, when I want to get pumped up, I want to go mainstream. Sabotage by Beastie Boys. I can I just got imagine Boys you. On there. That would be like if there was like a Wes Anderson movie that featured you as a character, that's what it would be. It would be like you waking up <laughs> early in the morning, turning it would be a Walkman or a Discman. You turn on your Discman and that song starts playing. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I could only dream of that montage. Yeah. Were you a Beastie Boys fan ever? Um, no, I no, not really. I I was kind of like I like I've talked about before. I was kind of like I liked alternative rock until I heard Radiohead and then I had this like little self-important music revolution where I just started listening to like indie music in like grade 12 and so I never I never really no. This is what I want people to know. You don't dabble in mainstream. <laughs> That's not true. I, now, now I have. Now I feel like the whole indie. We've talked about this again before, but I feel like the whole indie thing is a little bit tired. You know, it doesn't even, and it doesn't really exist. It's not. It's kind of redundant in twenty twenty one. It's true. Yeah. I feel like the new indie is like SoundCloud rappers. Like that's new, that's the new indie stuff. I guess, but then it's like that was um, uh, Old Town Road. <laughs> you know, like Old Town Road was a was a SoundCloud rapper. Okay, let me ask you something very honestly. The first time you heard Old Town Road, were you like, "This is pretty good"? Okay, well, here's the thing about it: is that we can, when <laughs> Olivia and I went over to my mom's, and my mom, if for those of you who don't know, because why would you? Um, she's like a really feisty lady and she's, everybody knows her name. You know, she's kind of like, she's just, she's just a very memorable person and she's really like extroverted and outgoing and fiery. She's a redhead. And, uh, she was like, have you guys heard this new song, Old Town Road? <laughs> and uh, me and Olivia were like, no, we haven't. We had never heard it. So she turns it on and she just starts dancing and smacking that ass <laughs> and so that's kind of how I always associate it, actually. And so that whole summer, then we kind of made fun of her, and like we just randomly send her videos of us dancing to Old Down Road and smacking our asses. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's great. So that's that was my first experience with Old Town Road. So mostly, I just thought it was funny, but I do think it's kind of a catchy little tune. It is. Yeah, it's it should probably be on my running playlist. Yeah. Well, anything else, Joy? Huh. Um, <laughs> I all great podcasts do this. What else? What else? Huh. Uh, what else <laughs> in our menial lives do we have to t talk about? Um, Are you you back on the bottle? Broke broke my sober Jan. Um, yeah. But I'm also I I kind of I really like doing it actually. I think I should do it more often because it kind of just I just find I like don't even think about having a beer as much as I did before. You know, it would be like. You know, every used to be like every day or a couple of days, I'd be like, get home from work, be like, I want a beer. 
but now I just kind of forget about it. Um, you know what I'm loving right now hmm. is there's like a craft beer store here in Calgary and there's just fridges full of cans, but it's really eclectic and they're all from like microbreweries around Alberta. Cool. And I just get a little basket and then I just go, I'm going to try this can and this can. And I come home with this collection of who knows what and you never know what you're going to get. I'm loving that. Yeah. That's cool. And do you have you found like kind of your favorite kind of beer? Yeah, I'm getting into IPAs, which I f- kind of feel like is a bit of an eye roll. Okay, I'm no, no, no. I, I like I love hops. But I'll tell you what, I tried a Mexican lager that was like brewed in Alberta. So it's like, imagine if a Corona just became way better, huh? And a part of me was like, I just want to drink that. That's cool. Do you know what? Actually, that's like a big thing, I think, um, in the craft beer scene these days. Because when I first moved to Vancouver, it was all about IPAs. And I feel like a lot of craft brewing is now more towards like Pilsners and just kind of like light beers. Because that was at the beginning, it was like so uncool. You know, it's like, yeah, that's like Bud Light or something. Double IPAs and stuff. Yeah. But now I feel like everyone's trying to craft like great kind of classic beers like lagers and pilsners. Yeah, I've enjoyed I'm enjoying more now pilsners and Mexican beers. Just very drinkable beers. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I want everyone to know I do it for the taste. I'm not getting drunk. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're such a loser. <laughs> Just one with dinner. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Uh, well, well, should we get into it? Let's get into it. Um, the avalanche. Um, just what were your, what's your first? Ex- oh, no, no. Let's take a break first. Oh yeah. Sorry. I want to take a break. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about the avalanche. I was on the avalanche. <laughs> Jordan, great stuff again. Just killing it. Thanks, bro. That's what I do. Love the bring it home. Love the poop top talk up top. Oh. And welcome back. We're here. We're talking about Sufjan's compilation, compiled B sides and extras from Illinois called The Avalanche. It came out in 2006. Jordan, where were you? When you first heard this album? Oh, man, good question. I don't actually know, but I remember when it came out, it, it was kind of like the perfect like marketing strategy for Souf. Yeah, Because I think I was like really in love with Illinois, and then this came out, and I was like, oh, I love this too. It, it was enough like it, you know, but different enough yeah. too. Yeah, Um. Yeah, and I also like. I think at the beginning I was like, "Oh, I like. I think I like this version of Chicago even better than the Illinois version," which I don't think so anymore. But, um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> so I don't remember the first time I heard it, but I do remember I had a, co- a copy on CD and I listened to it basically until it like became un unusable uh, in my car. Oh wow! Yeah, I remember. Because at this point now, this was the first release I was anticipating. Because when I got into Sufjan, Illinois had just come out. And then I did the back catalog. 
And then this was the first like anticipation, like, oh my gosh, there's a new Sufjan coming out. Mm-hmm. But I remember Dear Mr. Supercomputer. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. It it leaked or Pitchfork released it early or something. Right, yes. And so I was in YWAM at the time, Youth with a Mission. It was this missions organization. I was working in an office. And I don't you I don't know if you remember this feature with iTunes in 2006, but if you were in an office with your iTunes open on a network, you could then see other and listen to other people's music libraries. Do you remember that? Huh, vaguely, yeah. It would come up shared libraries, and I remember there was this quite cool uh kind of attractive young lady, mm. and I went into her uh, shared little iTunes there to scope out what am I working with here with the music. And she had Dear Mr. Supercomputer on there. Is and this, this is before it came out. Is the twist that like, it turned out to be Courtney? It wasn't Courtney. Oh. Um, it turned out to be a very nice girl, but uh, there were, you know, no, nothing ever happened. Oh. And I married someone else and she, no, we were just oh. acquaintances or whatever. Yeah, but you okay. know, in that moment, wow, it sounds where like she like, was like the one that got away or something. Well, you know when you're kind of like, you know, Troy, I don't have to explain this, where you're in that that really high-charged, we're all single and we're all scoping each other out, and then you find the girl listens to Sufjan, it's just like, wowza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny that that's all it took then, you know? And it was just the one song, Dear Mr. Supercomputer. Yeah. But also there was another guy in YWAM that downloaded this software where he could steal your whole library that way. And it used to drive me insane because he'd walk up to my desk and he'd just be like, I just downloaded your whole iTunes. And I would just be like, that's not fair. That's not okay. And I would get like really mad. Huh. I'd be like, stop it. Yeah. And he was just like, hey, I just stole your iTunes. Oh, yeah. it drove me nuts. You harbor a lot of anger about this for years. Well, I think, you know this drawer, it's like carefully curated. It's like very, like, it's stuff that I pride myself of, like, I found this and yeah. I don't know if many people know about it. And just to have a guy just be like, I downloaded it all. <laughs> and just like, some of it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I cool. remember having like a few, I, I vaguely remember having a few like embarrassing things too. Yes. And there's some, oh, I probably had like, a recording of me and an acoustic guitar yeah like, exactly playing some yeah. dumb song yeah but i'm not jordan clausen it's not it's way more embarrassing no i think my like some of mine were like maybe like journal entries or something i'd be like today i'm thinking about this <laughs> or something <laughs> like imagine how embarrassing that would be if somebody downloaded that oh that would be the best so, dear diary, so today you did an audio diary in your iTunes. I'm pretty sure I had some stuff like that, yeah. That's real risky because then you shuffle your iPod and there's people in the car and it's like, I got my feelings hurt today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that happened. Ugh. So, going back to the avalanche. Yeah. Um, we're, so, you got really into this. I actually, I remember getting really into it. I wanted to have Courtney on this episode. This is the only album, Sufjan album, she's bought. Because mm. she went to a Christian bookstore. Um, this is before we were dating. Asked the guy working there what she should buy. And he's like, You got to get into Sufjan Stevens. And so she <laughs> bought this album and didn't like it. 
Oh, she didn't like it. No, she's my mainstream wife. She didn't like it. Right. I guess Dear Mr. Supercomputer is actually kind of a a tough first listen. It yeah, but there's some there's some good stuff on here. It's so pretty accessible, Jordan, do you yeah. want to give us do you want to share with us your knowledge on this album? Do you have any tidbits? <laughs> uh I actually so it's funny because I was texting you the other day and I was like I have that was an awkward exchange but I do you think it was awkward I was just having fun with okay you. okay but um, you're like I actually know this album well do you? no I just meant like I know I know it <laughs> as in like there are other Sufjan albums that are like I'm gonna have to go and like learn kind of you know moving yeah. forward but there's only one Jordan there's only one there's only one that you're gonna have to learn no there's a couple no there's not Oh, okay. Think about it. We've got Age of Odds and Carrie and Lowell. Yeah, those I know. Uh, I, I actually, I mean, I know Age of Odds decently well, but not as well as some of this other stuff. Uh, like, there, there's a lot of stuff. I Like the BQE. I don't know if I've ever listened all the way through it. Um, oh, I mean, I think maybe, yeah, maybe after the fact we'll do like a BQE and Enjoy Your Rabbit. Like combo episode. Oh, you want to skip BQE? We're gonna get some hate mail, man. Do you want to? Well, I was just thinking, let's hit. Should we hit major releases and then go to the BQE? It was a release. I guess you're right. We got also like the greatest gift, um, which is a. Do you know what? I also don't know all delighted people that well either. So I'm actually a little frustrated that you don't know all delighted people. Yeah, it's a good one. I know. I just—it's really good. I—I I don't know. I guess the he released the, the Age of Odds and All Delighted People together, right? Yeah, I think I think so. Or All Delighted People came out like a week earlier or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think that that just made it kind of lost on me. I also remember I was on tour when it came out, and so that's actually not an excuse because you listen to lots of music in the car, but. Uh, you were like, I'm only listening to my own music. I don't know. I just, I, it's not that I didn't get into it as in like, I didn't like it. I just literally just kind of passed me by a little bit. I just picture you on tour. You're in a van and you have headphones on, but you're just listening to your own diary entries. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> so, okay. So this album you are really familiar with. You were pretty into it. I listened to it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I did too. It was good. And it's interesting because it, it's interesting that Sufjan released it this way because uh, Illinois was originally envisioned to probably have all these songs on it. They were going to do a huge double LP yeah. Illinois. Yeah. And then they decided not to. Right. And then Illinois kind of is a critical and commercial success. And so Sufjan goes, well, I'm, I'll just, I'll ride this wave. Huh, is that, it's interesting. That's kind of a little bit different from what I read, but. Oh. All right, well, my <laughs> no, source is Wikipedia, no, no. so what did you read? <laughs> no, I, I mean, that, that makes, that's another way of saying it. I heard it was more kind of like, he was like, oh, this is really successful. I need to buy some time because it takes me a long time to make records. And so, oh yes, he said like I need more time to make my fifty states. Product. Yeah, and yeah. so in the meantime, he had like, you know, this was originally intended to be a double album of like the length, two albums the length of Illinois, so like fifty songs. Yeah, and I think he made the right decision. Yes, I think putting out Illinois as he put out Illinois was the right thing to do. Yeah, totally. 
But there are some great songs on the Avalanche. And so I think getting this little nugget, this little sweet treat, yeah, is also great. Yeah, I think I, my overall impression of Avalanche is that it's just a little bit less coherent than, or cohesive, actually. Yes. Um, it's it just it feels more like a a, a, a series of songs, and whereas yeah. Illinois feels more kind of like a journey that you go on, you know. Well, you dropped this little nugget in our Illinois episode. And you said that Sufjan cut songs that were too researchy, that was just like pure research, and cut two sentimental songs. Yeah. And then I'm listening to the Avalanche, and I go, oh, these are the songs. Because you get those, you get those huge polars. You get songs that are really personal, incredibly personal. And then you get like a, it's a computer. This is a computer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, and like Pittsfield would be a song that's really, really personal and like almost like maybe a little bit too sentimental. It wouldn't have worked on Illinois. You don't think so? I don't think so. It's so, it's so sad and intimate. I don't know. Like, I, I still feel like there's always a bit of a, Everything, and I think this is what good art does, actually, is it's like it all, there's always a bit of an arm's length in some ways. Like, uh, you, you reveal something, but you don't reveal too much. Because when you reveal too yeah. much, then you, I mean, you don't, you disagree. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think that a lot of stuff that goes down in history is just kind of being like sentimental, even if it's good. Uh, I could get in trouble for saying some of this, but you know, like, um, <laughs> You're not gonna get in trouble. No, people might be angry. People might be like, "You don't know anything." But it's like you know, like I want to know what love is. Like that. I kind of, want you to show like, me. Like it's so kind of like revealing in this way that isn't. I don't know, and, and that and that kind of thing often ends up getting make, made fun of because it's. You, you know I think it? the prime example of this is "Everybody Hurts" by Arya. Yes. Yeah. Like I think now it's just kind of like. Uh, dude, are you okay? <laughs> I mean, it's still a great song. Like, it's you still, okay, bro? But I, I feel like in some ways it's easy to take ironically because it's so, uh, it's so sentimental. And yeah, if you have a little bit of space where there's a bit of mystery around it, I feel like it kind of stands the test of time a little bit longer. I think, I mean, I love Pittsfield. I still think it's a great song, and it makes me like my, it makes my heart hurt. But, yes. you know, especially I think for people who've maybe suffered abuse, because um, that's, that's what it feels like. Um, do you know well, what I mean? I just want to say something. Yeah. Pittsfield is my favorite song on the album. Oh, wow. Really? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. Yeah. But let's listen to a little bit of it, okay. shall we? Yeah. So Pittsfield, so in your so in your opinion, I mean, this gets cut because it's too too much about him, not enough about you know, Illinois. So he doesn't put it on Illinois. But when I hear it, I think it has I think it's one of one of my favorite Sufjan songs. And somebody pointed out that I just say that about every song. <laughs> but it's true. I love 
I think I love how personal it is. I just want to read you these lyrics, George. You can work late till midnight. We don't care. We can fix our own meals. We can wash our own hair. I go to school before sunrise in the cold, and I pulled the alarm and I kicked up the salad bowls. So I'm feeling like for the very first time, I'm getting a little window even more than ever into Sufjan's childhood where he's like acting out at school and like pulling alarms and yeah. doing food fights yeah. and stuff. And the lyrics are so heartbreaking where I think um, we hear a lot about the heartbreak over his mom, but I think this is more heartbreak over his dad. Oh, is it? I, I, didn't, well, I, I didn't know. I'm not completely sure. I know that... Um, the Mistress Witch from McClure is more about his dad. Huh. Yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful song. It is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying... I, I, I think that you can communicate a lot, clearly. And I'm not... I also don't like this idea that you could... That, every, uh, that sincerity can never be good you know or uh, you know the, there was that i think for like a lot of like you know people who in the 2000s were kind of like hipstery and it was like irony was super in style like i don't think that um i think that there's there that sincerity can be uh underrated but well, i but i just think that like often if for art or for music to like really kind of penetrate a heart yeah, it kind of has to be carried in a vessel, you know. That's this yeah, is why like yeah. Casimir Plasky Day is such a great song, is because it is personal, it is intimate, but it's kind of like in the Trojan horse of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this is a little bit more like, yeah, like a like you're a ther- you're at a therapy session or something, which is yeah, I think yeah. it's cathartic probably for him. Yeah, it's like you recording a little journal entry, but imagine <laughs> if you sang it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this, the other thing, I think you're right because there was a, a stint there where I would preach sermons and they would be way too personal and I would kind of break down. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed is rather than it being a sermon with a point, it became people consoling me. Right. So afterward, and this is why I had to stop, is afterwards they'd just be like, Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm actually was just sharing a story to tr- like prove right. a point. But then I just realized exactly what you're saying. When it becomes, when you're letting too many people into such a deep place, they lose the point of the art and they end up just kind of being like, are you okay? Right, because sympathy, you don't actually want sympathy. You want mm-hmm. you want people to kind of like look inside themselves. Yes, and, and be find like, themselves y- in it. Yeah, exactly. Which is what... I think what Casimir Plasky Day does better. Yes. And so I think when you're looking at the Avalanche versus um, Illinois, I think Pittsfield is an incredible song. It's a great song. But Casimir Pulaski Day fills that space better yeah. than this song does. Totally. Yeah. Cause, and I learned this thing in, in preaching that it's far better to get choked up, stop, compose yourself, continue on, than to just break down and cry. Because Mm. I heard this study that um, when you get choked up and you're communicating, people actually feel more of like an empathy and and like, I'm listening, I'm with you. When you break down and cry, it turns into sympathy and consoling, and they're no longer finding themselves in it. They're just like, oh no, this guy's totally lost it. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, anyway. So all of that to prove your point. But it's still a great song. And it I, is. It I is. think in this context of being on the B-sides, outtakes, and extras, it's great. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. This is this is a this is a critique. Not, I, I'm I'm happy that I have access to this song. I just am saying why I think like uh, Illinois is kind of better art. Yes, yeah. and why it's on this album and not Illinois. Yeah, that's yeah. why. And yeah. I think he even said that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, any other uh, thoughts on? Or should we should we just get into our favorites? Um, well, is there anything else about the whole record that you any other observations about the record in general that you have? Yeah. So this is what I found was so interesting is he had all of these songs ready for Illinois, right? Yeah. But Illinois gets re- released, and then it's almost like he goes and re-records them all, and he gets like Rosie Thomas and some others that aren't on Illinois to record this with him. So I I think that's interesting. I wonder how quickly he actually kind of recorded all of these songs because it's not like he just used the leftovers of Illinois. He actually re-recorded it, right? So I think it's a bit of a combo. From what I read, um, and this is like really normal, I think especially if you have, like he recorded all these songs himself, right? On his eight, I think still on his eight track. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, I, I so I think that a a lot of them were just abandoned songs, which ends up happening a lot. I, every record I make, I have more songs that are just kind of abandoned. So I think that some of them were abandoned songs that he came back and finished. And then I think there were other things where he was kind of like, oh, this is, needs to be like, how many songs are on here? Oh, I guess there's 21 songs. Yeah. But I mean, it, there's it, 21 songs on the album. Yeah. <laughs> which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty similar to Illinois, don't you think? Like even the sequencing and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. I think, I think he really wanted it to be, a, uh, you know, like a true B-sides record, and so it needed yeah. to kind of remind people of Illinois in some way. It would be weird if all the like little weird instrumental songs were like all lumped together or something. What are your thoughts on B-sides? I think it's interesting, and I think Sufjan is like the exact kind of artist who should do them, because uh-huh. people who like Sufjan aren't necessarily like, okay, like I remember going to oh, what was it? I think somebody. Oh yeah, I I have a friend who like really likes Kings of Leon, and they're an interesting band because they've been, they were like kind of like indie rock gods until they like put out that one record. Do you know anything about Kings the of Sex Leon? The Sex on Fire. Yeah, and that was like their huge breakthrough record. Anyway, yeah. so he he still goes and sees Kings of Leon whenever they're through town, and he said he went, and um, not to be too kind of um, biased against bros, but he said there were a lot of bros there, and they basically yeah. all just sat there like chatting to their girlfriends until Sex on Fire started, and then they stood <laughs> up and pounded their fist for three minutes, and then they like sat back down. You know, yeah. So, and yeah. that's kind of the band that Kings of Leon has become. But that's not what Sufjan is. Sufjan is the opposite of that. Nobody is like that for Sufjan. Maybe, maybe with Chicago, but but no, nobody is going to a concert going. Oh, I just want to hear Chicago. Yeah, I feel like everybody at a Sufjan show is pretty familiar with the catalog. Totally. And so it's this is an artist that you follow and you read about him. You're interested. It's it's like um, 
I remember one time uh, doing this kind of artist boot camp thing, and the guy said, people aren't just interested in your songs, they're interested in your story. And I think a lot uh-huh. of people are invested in Sufjan's story, you know? And so yeah. those are the kinds of artists that should put out B-sides because you're, you're just interested in what else they're making. And B-sides give this kind of like... It, it's communicated up front, this isn't my best work, so yeah. it lowers everybody's expectations. Yeah. And then it gives a chance to, like, surprise and delight people because you go, well, this is my B-side record, so you're not listening to it thinking it's going to be g- the greatest album, but you also get to be surprised. And I think every artist has songs that just don't fit in a record, but that doesn't mean that they're bad. And right. so they need, like, a place. Yeah. Because... I think um, Polyethylene uh, Parts 1 and 2 by Radiohead, that's my favorite Radiohead song. Yeah. That's a B-side to uh, OK Computer, I think. Totally. Oh, what's that song? Um, oh, Fog by Radiohead, too, is a B-side. Do you know that song? No. What, what album was that a B-side to? Oh, man, I can't remember. But it's like, oh, it's like, it has the lyric like, baby alligators in the sewers. You know that song? No. Oh, I'll send you a link. Anyway, you're it's, more it's you're really more good. amnesiac head than I am. I I wonder when it was from, but yeah, they have this song called Fog that's also B-side. Anyway. But it's fun to like find a B-side song that you're like, "Wow, this is awesome" because it almost feels like you're led into this little secret of like this unreleased song and and I think B-sides are fun. I They're a bummer when a band puts it out and they're all bad. And then you're just like, uh, yeah. But it's almost, it almost gives them a hall pass, though, doesn't it? Which is good. Yeah, it's kind of like when I release tweets, but there's just Snapchat. It's like a screenshot of my drafts folder. <laughs> it's the same idea. It's like, I wanted to say this, but I'm afraid that it's not good enough. So, But if I say, hey, check out my drafts folder. Then it's okay. By the way, if you guys don't follow Justin on Twitter, you ought to because he is hilarious. He's don't just a Twitter convenient. What do they call them? Tweet, tweet. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, but I, I often LOL. Yeah, here's one. Here's one in my drafts folder that I was too afraid to tweet. I went to a TED talk. But it was just Seth MacFarlane and Mark Wahlberg talking about that dumb movie. Right. Yeah. See, so that is definitely something that deserves to be a draft. Whereas some of this other stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's going to stay in my drafts folder. Um, so that's about all I know about the avalanche. Is there any, any other spicy tidbits you have? Um, well, here's one thing that I was actually wanting to bring up is, do you know what the avalanche is? Because I never actually have known. So I don't know that much, but it's the truck. I think he's talking about the truck. Really? The, like hybrid SUV pickup. Uh, really? Who makes it? Like Chevy? I always something? kind of assumed that there was like an avalanche that happened in Illinois. But then lately I realized like, no, I don't think Illinois has avalanches. No, and I, I mean, on the album cover is the truck. Yeah, the but avalanche. I always thought that was kind of like a joke. Like the whole cover is a joke. Yeah, and he's pretending to be Superman, and Marvel or DC made him remove Superman from Illinois. So it's all a joke. But I, I don't know. But 
Let's talk about the avalanche as a song. Mm-hmm. It's great. Beautiful. I love it. And the release that I had of Illinois, the iTunes release, had it at the end. So I always thought this was a part of Illinois anyway. Right. But it's beautiful. This, the avalanche, the opening track, such a great song. If you guys know if it's about an avalanche or a truck, uh, write Jordan from his website. Yeah, please. If you know the story behind why it's called the avalanche. Um, also, I think it's a great opening song because it kind of represents the whole kind of this whole Sufjan era in one song. You know, it starts kind of yeah. with a banjo. It's kind of sweet, but then it goes into this like, you know, Steve Reich kind of like yeah thing. And pretty wild that this is a B side. Yeah. Because, oh, here's a good question: Are any of these songs deserving of being on Illinois, in your opinion? Uh, I think the Avalanche is probably my pick to be on Illinois. Hmm. Um, let me look here again. I mean, again, uh, it's hard because I, I don't think, like we were saying, I don't think that this is just... Superman was like, what are my best songs? I'm going to yeah. put them on Illinois. I think he was like trying to tell a story. And yes. the album all kind of works together. So, I, I mean, I don't... I think there are really good songs, songs that I'm like, the quality here is as good as the quality in Illinois, but I don't, I still don't know if I would go as far as say this should have been on Illinois because Illinois works together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not like these songs are really worse. It just didn't quite tell the story because like, uh, let's listen to a little bit of Dear Mr. Super, uh, what? Dear Mr. Supercomputer. Um, yeah because to me this song is just telling the story about like computers were made in illinois you know what i mean yeah so although it's a cool song and and like this was the one that pitchfork released before the album came out it's the one we all got to hear first it's a cool song but at the end of the day it's like yeah it's just about there's a supercomputer that was made in illinois it's like okay Right. There's nothing really about Sufjan or whatever. But it's cool. Huh, there's a Reddit thread here entitled, Is the Avalanche Secretly Better Than Illinois? What? Yeah. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy one. Oh, here's somebody saying the exact same thing. I think Illinois is more cohesive, has more amazing songs, and is overall the stronger album. That being said, I think the Avalanche has some of Sufjan's best songs. Mistress Witch, No Man's Land, P yes. Pittsfield. No Man's Land's good, yeah. So, yeah. But I have one thing to say. Hey, Reddit, stick to crashing the stock market and leave the Sufjan talk to us. <laughs> I love Stay how you're, in your lane. you're so good at these like little sound bites. Like, <laughs> I have one thing to say. Like That should be someone's ringtone or something. <laughs> Reddit. Did you buy GameStop stock? No, did you? No. I don't know even how. Okay, Jor, I want to get to a song that is so dang good. Mm -hmm. It is called <laughs> The Mistress Witch from McClure or The Mind That Knows Itself. So good. Again, so, here we are back at square one talking about how good songs are 
So, of course, to no one's surprise, this is a perfect Sufjan song to me. We got the banjo playing. He's telling a story about his childhood. It's interacting with Illinois mm-hmm. in a perfect way. And so I have a bit of, I did a bit of a, I actually went on Reddit and I found a thread about this song. Um, so it's about being driven by his dad and being told to stay in the car. And then the kids figure out how to get in the car and they see a woman in a bed with an ankle brace. Like these are the lyrics, right? Yeah. So it tells the story of like these kids discovering this woman that his dad's like sleeping with while they're in the car. Wow. <laughs> and then this question on Reddit was like, what in the world? What, like, what is this song about? And then they link to this YouTube video. He tells the story where after his parents got divorced, his dad dated a bunch of different ladies. And he said most of them had like casts or, or like braces. Like most of them had like some kind of um, like difficulty or challenge. And, and he said one of them in particular lived in Southern Illinois and he, he, they would have to drive with their dad and she was like a witch. <laughs> and but he said like they would she would cast spells on them if if they ever spied on her in the shower. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so there's this YouTube clip of Sufjan introing this song live and he kind of gives a bit more background to it. But it's basically another glimpse into Sufjan's really um difficult childhood having to be driven around by his dad as he like kind of visits these girlfriends and this one girlfriend in Illinois and, and with seeing an ankle brace and, and all that and, and the dad being furious and pointing at his neck. And I just think the way that Sufjan describes his childhood through song is just infinitely interesting and emotional and beautiful. It's these songs that I live for. I think hearing, and I think exactly what you said you're interested in the artist not only because of their music, but the story. Yeah. And there's kind of like Sufjan just getting little glimpses of what makes him him is so interesting. Yeah. So, And it's just a great song. If you were going to write a story about, if you were going to write a song about that was Sufjan style, like remembering some kind of memory from your childhood and inserting an idea into it, what would that story be? Oh... Um, one time we, my parents opened up our home to like a needy person when I was like four and I hid their stuff, uh, in the backyard. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know why I was just, and I actually have like extremely guilty feelings about it because my parents were doing like this really altruistic thing. And then he, I just came out with like real evil, like I'm gonna hide their stuff in the backyard. Yeah, and so I definitely need some musical therapy to unpack all that stuff. You ought to write a, write a song. In fact, I think you are compelled to write a song about that. If only I had the ability. <laughs> I know G's and D's and C's and A's. That's all you need, bro. Yeah, I think I could do something. You know any minor chords, bro? Well. Yeah, I could do a D minor for sure. I could do an A minor. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I think my story most like this would be um, one time. Actually, we were just talking about him, Josh DeYoung. 
Yeah. Um, Josh DeYoung and I, when we, we've known each other since we were little, little, little kids. And I lived on this farm and it had this big lake on it. And wow. in the summer, it, it was like a man-made lake. So it would dry up and it just kind of became this swamp. And him and I walked out onto, because it, it, it got dry. So we'd, we walked out onto the lake looking for frogs because I loved catching frogs. We, we loved catching frogs when I was a kid. Wow, this is like Huckleberry Finn <laughs> stuff over here. And we got we got stuck and we started sinking. <sighs> and uh, I thought I was going to die, actually. I, like, I, wow. we, we At first we were kind of like, oh, because we were both wearing our dad's boots. So they were like up to our, they were up to like, you know, like our, <laughs> our hips. And uh-huh. we were laughing like, oh, this is so funny. And then I remember we started crying because we were like, we couldn't get out. <laughs> and I love that. Two boys just stuck in the mud, just weeping. We're going to die. Yeah. And then luckily, his little brother was kind of following us, kind of tagging along. And he ran back up to the house where, my, where our parents were. And our dads came and pulled us out. But we both lost our boots. Like, we they couldn't. Cause we they were, were just we gone? Were like, yeah, because we were, like, up to our belly buttons in mud, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so our dads came and pulled us out, and those boots are still in that lake, probably. Um, <gasps> wow, yeah. what a great song image. <laughs> the boots are still in the lake to this very day. Yeah, that's how, that would be the exact lyric. <laughs> and tune. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas your, and they were your dad's boots? Yeah. but Was he mad? No, he was really nice, because I was really scared, I remember. I was like, so, yeah. Looking back as an adult, would you have died? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, like, we were really still. We were sinking. It's like real quicksand. Kinda, yeah. It's like that, like a movie quicksand. I don't think, Jerry. I don't. A part of me just isn't sure if you just like the mud all of a sudden goes up to your nose and then it's just your eyeballs and you're looking at your friend and then you both just die. Like, I just don't know if that's actually how it would have played out. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe we would have just get, gotten stuck. That's how I remember it. I also might be remembering it wrong, you know? Like, they say that actually childhood memories are almost always, like, mostly wrong. Well, Jor, any other highlights that we should dive into? Well, I, So we've done Pittsfield yeah. and... Um, I really um, wanted to point out um, Adlai Stevenson because I think it's just a great song. Yeah. Um, I don't it really have much song. to say say about it, but uh, also um, I wanted to, the, the song Saul Bellow. Um, here's something kind of interesting about that. that it is Saul Bellow? I don't know. I call it Saul Bellow. Because <laughs> I was homeschooled. <laughs> I thought it was Saul Below. It's definitely Saul Bellow. Yeah, right? well, I always thought that they were singing in the chorus. Um, dun dun dun, cause we're so mellow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like really I the love worst a song lyric. that brags about how mellow they are. Yeah. It's like, imagine if that was actually the lyric. I, I legitimately thought that's what it was for so long. Cause we're so mellow. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, this is a great song, isn't it? It is. Um, I also love the Henny Buggy Band. I mentioned that one earlier. Um, yes. Um, Henny Bugs. The bass line actually just kind of like, eventually just kind of does this walk up. Every every note is just like a walk up from it from the root. 
Oh. Uh, sure, explain that. So instead of like, instead of usually the, usually the bass is more or less kind of just playing the root note, which is, you know, if it's a D, it's playing a D. Right. Um, but he'll, in this song, he'll go D and then walk up. So if the song's in C, let's say, and he plays a D, it will go D, E, F, G, A, B, C, and then start the next chord. Maybe the next chord is A, A, B, C, D, E, you know, and he'll just walk up. Whoa. It's pretty cool. I had no idea. Yeah. Do you have a favorite version of Chicago? Um, yeah, well, like I was saying earlier, like I like the acoustic version the most on mm-hmm. on this record. Um, what was it? Yeah, the acoustic version's good. Is that what we're listening to right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I still think the Illinois version is the best. You know what? One, I like the adult contemporary listening, easy listening version. Yeah, you would. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Huh. And then coming in dead last is multiple personality disorder. Oh, version. interesting. I don't know about this at all. Yeah, I don't really like it that much either. Well, Jordan, that is the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. 2006's The Avalanche. It's it's a gift that Sufjan didn't have to give, but he gave it anyway. Wow. And well for put. that, Sufjan, we're grateful. Yeah. I got to bring this up again. Is there any possibility Sufjan will come onto the show? My hopes are high. Somebody um, asked me that the other day. Yeah, I think, you know... Uh, we should extend an invite. If anyone is listening to this who knows, personally knows Suf, uh, please, please beg him to come because we would really love it. Can you, what well, can, I ask can you, you actually imagine question? what would you, what would you do if, if he like did send us an email? It's like, Hey, I want to, <laughs> you know what I think we could do? That would be fun. Huh. And I've actually thought about this cause I'm insane. But I would ask him about like Bible college days, yeah, and, and then I'd just be like, you know, I would probably ask him questions about like a son came and just be like, were you, like, what was it like in Bible college and what was you know, and I think probably going back to his because I feel most I feel like I can relate to Sufjan most in his Bible college days because that's kind of my world too, and I think it might be fun f- for him if to to get into that because I'm sure nobody else is asking him about that. Really? See, I actually was thinking the opposite. I actually think that that's probably the question he gets asked the most. Like Like about his faith? Like faith stuff, and he probably doesn't like it. It's like that whole experience you had with Half-Handed Cloud, and you were like, asked him a bunch of (laughs) questions, and that was the only one he didn't answer. Well, I think faith is really personal. I wouldn't necessarily ask him about faith, but I would just kind of be like, Bible college days, let's get into it. Yeah. I I, But... I think I would want to ask him, like, just kind of about, like, his process. Like, this is so dorky. That we're... What kind of pedals do you use? That's no, what no, you no, would say. No, I would be like, what? I don't uh, I, I don't know. Like, to me, there's this, like, kind of haphazard nature to his songwriting where he yeah. kind of doesn't care. And I, I just 
find that so fascinating, especially with someone who's had so much success, like that you could just still write, you know, I, I don't think he's ever really lost it, I guess is what I'm saying. Like so many artists yeah. eventually just kind of go like, okay, I'm going to like give the people what they want and it gets really boring, but he's never really yeah. done that. He's always kind of just like pushed himself and it seems so natural. Like it's not like he's like trying to reinvent himself. It just is just part of his ethos or something. Yeah. And I would love to know more about that. Like, how do you do that? How do you stay inventive for so long? That's a good question. So help me if you're just like, do you like the Sure 182 or the 183? <laughs> I'd just be like, oh my gosh, Jordan, shut, shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but here's an honest question. Would you want to have a conversation with Sufjan or... Is it better to just have the mystery? Like, what if, like, what if, I don't know, what if it ruined it all for us? I don't know. Right. Uh, I don't think it would. I don't think so either. I think you're right. I think if anything, I think talking to him would make us like him more. And it would probably be a moment of our lifetime, honestly. Yeah. I guess also, I also just wonder, like, what his life is like. Like, what what kind of stuff is he annoyed at? Like, what kind of stuff does he not want to talk about? Like, it's so interesting because he's kind of this myth, you know, for so many yeah, people. Yeah, like, like, what makes him work? And, like, would we be best friends if we just <laughs> talked? <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't he, like, 45 years old? Yeah, he's, yeah, I think he's 10 years older than us. Yeah. Well, should we wrap it up there? Well, let's wrap we it up. I mean, are you sure? Do we have enough content? We've only been doing this for two hours and 38 minutes. So. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> plenty. Okay. Well. Should we stop there? Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, we love you. Um, you are special and worthwhile. Um, yeah. And also. I agree. Also, never forget, I think the dress looks nice on you. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>